Making Britain's Conversation, Mystery Hour, with James O'Brien. Four minutes after 12, I'm just checking the origins of this. Uh, the Nadine Dorries Award for Brexit idiocy, I think, has to go to Andrew Rosendale, who told Channel 4 News last night that Spain won't be so silly as to kick up a fuss about Gibraltar because we send them huge numbers of pensioners. <laughs> oh, thank God it's mystery hour. A slight change of pace and a change of tone. This is your weekly opportunity to achieve the sort of satisfaction not ordinarily available anywhere else on your radio dial. You, if you know how it works, don't hang around. Get stuck in, grab your place now. If you don't know how it works, allow me to take a, a, a moment, if you will, to fill you in. You'll have in the back of your mind, buzzing away, something that... Um, puzzles you. You know, a who, a why, a what, a where, a when, a whither, a whence, possibly even the occasional wherefore art thou. So, what happens now is that you ring me and ask that question, and somebody else listening will know the answer. They are not allowed to look it up. This is the only real rule of Mystery Hour. You're not allowed to look stuff up because we kind of want to high-five each other for knowing stuff. God, I nearly used a rude word then. It's going to happen one day, isn't it? What's the rudest word I've ever said accidentally on air? That I, don't, I don't think I've ever really let myself, which is astonishing because I'm potty-mouthed off air. Um, the point being, of course, that we like to celebrate knowing stuff and almost sort of just nostalgically look back on the days where you couldn't Google everything and find stuff out at the flick of a switch. At the very least, you'd have to consult a reference book, but more often than not, you'd have to consult another human being. So that's what... Well, we're doing here it can be as silly or as serious as you like it can be scientific or social or there are really very few rules our only enemy is dullness but that's true every hour of the program actually not just during mystery i don't be boring you, you won't get on um and the judge of boredom i guess rests today with sandra and tom who will be polite in their efforts to move you along if they've decided that your question is unlikely to to light up my little face so um Car questions usually a bit boring. Repetition, if it's really obvious, if, you th- if you're quite new to this and you think, oh, I'll ask that, I've always wondered that. If you've always wondered it, chances are we've done it a few times before. But obviously I'm the, I'm the gatekeeper for that because we've been doing it so long. Um, none of the people that were working here when I started doing it work here anymore. Seven minutes after 12 is the time. Should we crack on? Should we just do it? And then if you don't know what I'm talking about, you'll soon work it out by listening to some of the questions and, and hopefully answers that pop up. So we will begin with Barry, who is in Croydon. Barry, question or answer? Hello, James. Hello. It's, um, I want to know why doesn't our own snoring wake us up? Why does it wake up the person next to us but doesn't wake us up? It does sometimes. Um, not often. No, I mean, surprisingly unoften, if that's a word. Surprisingly rarely. Yeah. You'd th- are you a big yeah. snorer? Yes, I am. But I have a snoring device, and it cuts out um, most of it, probably over three quarters of the snoring. So, what is it? it? it works. Oh, it's like a gum shield, which has got a little hole where your front teeth are. It's got a little square hole oh, yeah. at the front of it, and it cuts out. I've been told by people have to sometimes share rumours around about eighty percent of my snoring. Well, that's brilliant. It's bloody, bloody effective! I just yeah. wish my uh, my brother would use one. Or is he quite noisy as well? Oh dear! Tell me about it. So yeah, he'll, he'll wake you. He'll wake you up, Willie. But you wouldn't wake him up. Luckily, you... I only share a room with him at Christmas sometimes. <laughs> Fair enough. I love that. <laughs> Eight minutes after twelve. Let's see what we can do. It's a good question. I sometimes wake myself up with the snort rather than the snore. The kind of <coughs> that one. Where you go. Whoa, hey. But I have occasionally. Um, I have occasionally been roused by Mrs. O'Brien snoring. Roused, not aroused. You freak. Graham is in Orpington. Graham, question or answer? 
I've got a question, James. Um, was there less gravity in the past? What? Well, it, it sounds daft, but um, uh, every year, a certain amount of material from space gets deposited on Earth, so every year the Earth's slightly bigger, granted not by much, but also life in the past was much bigger. And there's... Um, what? Life there's, in the past was much bigger? Oh, yeah, dino- dinosaurs. They were massive. Right. But, but you what? couldn't get something as big as that today. You know, the idea of uh, it takes a certain cross-section... It's something about, you know, as you increase life... Um, Mate, I haven't the got the first idea what you're talking about, <laughs> Graham. <laughs> I know. Like, it's just, everything was so much bigger in the past, but you well, don't have big life today. Evolution's exactly the same. Why don't we have big life today? Is it because of the well, gravity on a minute. You overcome them? Get, get, well, evolution has, has decided that being that big isn't doesn't make you more prone to survival and procreation. It, it's nothing. To, I don't think it's got anything to do with gravity. You're yeah, saying, I, know, but I, was, it, I was still quite curious, because the Earth is definitely bigger today than it would have been What do you mean by bigger? Ago. What do you mean by bigger? You mean it's got more mass because of a, an occasional yeah. asteroid landing on it? No, no, there's more than that. There's a, there is a, it's, it's only like something like 60 tonnes a year of material from space gets deposited on Earth, so the Earth is definitely bigger. But why would that make Therefore, gravity less strong? Because the more dense you are, the, the, the greater effect you have on, on gravity. You what? Well, Mars is smaller than Earth. Has a, has there's, there's a very gravity. slim chance that you're being a genius here and I'm being a dope. <laughs> I, I want to make no, that clear. I want to acknowledge that possibility slim. while I continue to sort of sneer at you and make odd noises. No, that's fine. I, to be honest, I only thought of this the other night because I was reading an Arthur C. Clarke book and I've been waiting two days to answer to get that. get it on. Was, so was, gravity less, was there less gravity in the past because the planet was smaller? Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, don't laugh because it might not be... A, a, if that's not a stupid question, I shall give you the money myself. Oh, no. Professor Howe's on the line. Is uh, he? Yeah. Uh, and that'll oh, be for you. I mean, it can't be for any other question. He never rings in with answer, with, with questions. So that must be... Let's get him up. Get, let's so get quickly. him up. Stay there, Graham. You can have some bespoke first. This doesn't happen very often. Professor Howe, I thought you were in Russia. Um, no, I'm going next Thursday. Oh, I just got okay. my visa nice and early this time. I've just done that thing that you should never do as a radio host, and I presume that everybody knows what's going on, but of course with, a, with an ever-growing audience, I need to now say that Professor Hall is the Professor of the Public Understanding of Science at the University of Brighton and a, something of a Mystery Hour regular. So, was there less gravity in the past? And Graham, you yeah. stay there, mate, because this I'm is here, as... Stu- yeah, good, because if this is as stupid as I think it is, I want to I <laughs> see the whites of your eyes as the... Go on, Hal. Um, well, there's, there's two aspects to um, Graham's question. The first is, um, if there's more mass arriving on Earth in the form of meteors and so forth, is that affecting our gravity? And the answer is there's actually an equilibrium. For every meteor that comes on, things like helium, which escapes from the ground, escapes into um, the yeah. atmosphere. So that's more or less in equilibrium. Okay. But also the dinosaurs, is a red herring, yeah. um, or a red herringosaurus, if I may. No, you may <laughs> um, not. Okay. Um, there is as much biomass on the Earth as there ever has been or there ever will be. It's in equilibrium. So there may be um, more lar- fewer larger animals, but they could be replaced by more smaller animals. The ecosystem is relatively um, a closed loop. What, what and, was that? Um, what was that? What? That noise. What noise? Oh, is someone... It might be me. Point? I'm still on the street. Oh, all right. Sorry, Greg. Carry on, Hal. Okay, so, um, yes, the, the biomass on the Earth is in relative equilibrium, so you may have more large dinosaurs, but then you'd have fewer smaller... Graham, do um, you mind, animals. mate? I mean, seriously, how many other sound effects are you going to do while me and Hal are being all clever? Uh, <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll try and put my head near a show. Yeah, thank you. Carry on, Hal. 
It's not dissimilar to the water cycle questions I answered last week. That yes. It's in equilibrium. Most of our things are in a, an equilibrium. They so go around what, the is, there a, is there anything that would affect the power of gravity? Is there, any, any, is there a variable with gravity? No, F equals GMM over R squared. Well, exactly. Literally. That's exactly what I was thinking. No, it's, it's the mass of the Earth and relative to the mass of other things divided by the distance between them. So, you know, we're, we're being affected by the gravity of everything around us, but we are a relatively closed system, and the gravitational effect that we exert on others is relatively constant. Yeah. So it's not actually a stupid question. I wouldn't go that far, mate. Oh, unlucky, Graham. <laughs> oh, well, never mind. Did you understand any of that? Don't lie. Vaguely. Yeah, me too. That's, that should be yeah. your middle name, Hal. Here you go. Have a round of applause. <laughs> So you won't be on next week, then? You'll be on your way to Russia. Well, actually, I'm going in the evening, so I'm going to try and get a, a crafty, a cheeky mystery out in before I set off for the airport. Fantastic. There is no other kind. It's always cheeky. Thank you, Professor Hal. Um, there you go. Something, something, E over something. It's often the answer to the, to the questions that are posed on mystery. You don't have to be scientific. It can be silly. It can be um, relatively comical. It doesn't matter what the... Uh, uh, what the question is, as long as it's interesting. The only criteria, really, it's quite helpful to explain this sometimes, is do you think other people will be interested? Do you think lots and lots of other people will also be interested in, in the answer to your question? Gareth in Birmingham. Gareth, what, what have you got? Question or answer? Uh, it's a question. Carry on. OK, so I want to know if pilots use the uh, seatbelt uh, sign for reasons other than turbulence. Um, I was on a plane recently with my girlfriend and there were a lot of kids running up and down the plane and suddenly the seatbelt light came on and my girlfriend says, I bet that was put on because of the kids. Did they make any announcement? Did they make any announcement? No, they made no announcement. How many kids were running around? Quite a lot. It was was sort of a crash. Um, That really, that's not good behaviour on a plane. I know, I'm not, uh, yeah. Um... So I want to know if they ever use it to... Can, can, do, do you think that they down. might affect the plane, then, running around? Or do you think that the pilot did it just, just to... I think it's to, as a favour to the to the host, to the air... Uh, oh, you've made me think about... This is, uh, Ivan's just done some gesticulations at me through the window. I think he's suggesting that if there are enough children running up and down, it might affect the balance of the plane. Is that what you're suggesting? I mean, that's... <laughs> I mean, that makes how sense. big are these children? Well, I, don't, I mean, it doesn't matter how big they are. It matters how many there are. That's why I asked you. See, I went straight to the well, nub of the issue here like without even realising. No. Um, but if it was... But yeah. Okay, so was. a pilot, we need a pilot. Because, I mean, it, it, it's probably yeah. not in the rule books. It's just going to be something that you do at work. So you'll turn to... One of the hosts or hostesses will go into the cockpit and say, oh, we've got some awful parents. Do us a favour. They're letting the yeah. kids run around wild. I can't... I've got to serve dinner, especially with the trolleys moving up and down the aisle. And then uh, the pilot goes, don't you worry, I'll take care of this. And then flicks a switch and on come the seatbelt lights. Yeah. We shall well, see. Also- Go also, on. James, yes? uh, I've written a song based on the name of your book. Is that all right? Of course it is. Send it to me, and I'll play it on the programme if it's any. What book's that, Gareth? It's How to Be Right in a World Gone Wrong. Ah, OK. Available for pre-order now in all, all good um, booksellers. Thank you. Can you send it to me? Will you send it to me? Will do. Yeah, nice absolutely. One. Look forward to it. 12.15 is the time, and you're listening to James O'Brien on LBC, and we want to know whether to pilots... I didn't ask what genre he is. I hope it's death metal, uh, where the pilots can flick on the seatbelt lights for reasons other than turbulence, for, for actually issues within the plane. I'm pretty sure they can, but it'd be nice to go definitive. This is LBC. 12.19 is the time. You are listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Mystery Hour continues. So with no further ado, Debbie's in Dartford. Debbie, question or answer? Hello, Hello Debbie. Uh, it's a question. Carry on. 
I live in a place called, um, I live in a walk, Bushfield Walk. Oh, yeah. So I was just, you know, sitting thinking, why have they called it a walk? Because apart from getting into your car, going out your house, there's not a nice walk or anything. Is it not? Um, well, careful. So why, why do they name places, for instance? You know, you've got places called Place, Rise, Avenue, Lane, News, Road, Walk, Path, Drive, Green, etc., etc. How do they decide what they're going to call somewhere? Why, why have you got the radio on in the background? Oh, because the telly's on. Sorry. You've got the telly on? Sorry, I've got it now. I can hear you. I don't care. This is so disrespectful, Debbie. Oh, I'm so new to this. Please don't shout at me. All right, I won't then. Okay. Um, Yeah, so, you know... It's a cancel. It's a cancel, isn't it? (laughs) They just decide. I mean, when they build a new road, the council decide what it's going to, I think. Not necessarily. No? Because some of these amuse is not a council place. It's where my other half used to live, which wasn't council. No, but I don't Um, mean it's a council house. I mean, it's the council... The council run the roads. So they name the road. Why roads. do they decide what they're going to be? Because I don't know. It'd be a cool you job, wouldn't it? You can get a lane it? that's not a lane. Be a, you can. You can get... A, I mean, what's the difference between a lane and an avenue? I think, did an avenue have trees on it? Or I live Someone on a road. But then you've got somewhere called a green. And I used to know somewhere that was called something green. And the nearest greenery was about a mile and a half away. So why did they call it green? <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I've lived on a road and... Sorry, I've got Chris, Chris Moyles. Are you familiar with Chris Moyles? Yes, I, I, I yeah, I've got Chris Moyles standing outside the studio. I think he's about to moon me. I don't think he, <laughs> is that exciting my question was? <laughs> no, he's, he's come sprinting, <laughs> sprinting <laughs> from Radio X because he heard your question about roads and avenues and lanes. I know that he's got a question of his own as well. I might, I might, I might allow him into the studio. I just if wonder what makes them think yes. of that. You know, why, if, if it was a walk and I had a nice walk or something, I could understand it. If it's somewhere that's on a green, I can understand it. But You're on. they're not. No, I, I'll do it. I like it. It's a great question. I, I think the answer's going to be quite boring. I don't think there's going to be an actual criterion for, um, what, what you call it, for, you know, if it is X, Y, and Z, then it's an avenue. If it's, if it's A, B, and C, it's a road. But, um, I, I shall find out for you. We need someone. I want to go, I want to get a Ray Liotta on this. I want someone whose job it is to actually name roads and streets and avenues. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Um, David is in Belfast. David, question or answer? Hi, James. It's, uh, it's an answer. Carry on, David. Or so um, it was the answer to why do pilots put the seatbelts on for reasons other than uh, yes? Turbulence? Do they? Do they? Is the first question. Do they? Do yeah, that? yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of different reasons. Now they will be airline specific. So like airlines will have varying degrees of uh, what's sort of, like procedures. It's all kind of boring, but so one reason is uh, for security. Um, and I'm not making this up. So if one of us wants to nip out to the loo, yeah. Believe it or not, there's not one in the front, so we have to put the seatbelt signs on, everyone has to sit down, and then we can get out and uh, do our business, and then... Um, so you put the seatbelt signs on when you go for a for a wee? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not actually making that up yet. No, it's, I believe you, I'm just clarifying that I've understood you correctly. So yeah. so it's more than likely, then, and the, the, the questioner asked whether or not the pilot might have flicked on the seatbelt signs because the kids were running amok. It's more than likely that that's true, that is what Well, happened. yeah... Um, I mean, that could be a reason. Other, the other reason for that would be more like we would get, like, if we get lots of drunk passengers, which we may or may not do, Yes. Um, the cabin crew will tell us, please put the seatbelt sign on because there's a lot of people in the aisle and they're causing... Uh, it's very difficult for them to run a trolley up and down. So Perfect they, answer. We just say, okay, Perfect answer. And, Qualifications? Uh, pilot. <laughs> yeah, I knew that. I'm just checking. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, 
<laughs> Round of applause for David. Good work. 23 minutes Thanks. after 12. Um, I'm waiting like a kid at Christmas for a callback from LBC. This is from John Childs. Uh, for Mystery Hour, I'm rocking back and forth like a baby. My question was good. I've even stopped hedge cutting. Oh my goodness, please put me out of my misery, James, says John. And I'm joined in the studio by someone who is uh, comparably excited. You're as excited as John to be here, aren't you, Chris Moyles? Hi, James. Hello, Chris. Nice to see Hi, you. Hi, James. Chris from Leeds. <laughs> question or answer, Chris? Question. Carry on. What are you drinking? <laughs> That's tea. In what glass? It's, it's in a pint pot. This is not. This is, you're a radio god. You can't come on here and pull down the fourth wall. I, I have another question. Carry on. When you say question or answer to callers yeah. and they say question, yeah. why do you not play a clip of Destiny's Child? <laughs> We're all thinking it. Everybody under a certain age. I, I'm not. You should have it queued up. I, I don't have the this young people through the glass. Door, I, I thought mean. you had a proper question. I do. Right. So you got to speak properly. Right, Chris in Leeds. Question or answer, Chris? Uh, question. Ca carry on. Good morning, James. Long time Hello. listener, first time caller. <laughs> um, ice cream vans. Yeah. When they play their tunes to signify that the ice cream man has come to an area. Yes. A lot of people will remember that the tune of choice for the ice cream man was green sleeves. It, yes, often. Why? You want to know why? Mm hmm. That's the, the point of the hour. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. But why green sleeves? Why, why green sleeves? Well, it's, I mean, same reason that people play it on the recorder more often than other tunes, because it's, it's, it's very catchy. Do you know who wrote green sleeves? Tom Jones. Henry VIII. Oh, that's right, I did know that. For Anne Boleyn. I did, yeah. And it's clever, well done. That Thank makes you. you look clever. But that's you still haven't th answered that's the, the whole question. point of mystery, I mate. It's, it's what, that you jump in I with just the throw in some little bits answering. of knowledge and look really clever. So also, can I ask you another no, question? Hang on. Well, it doesn't really and work I like that, And then I will leave, leave because right. if I was listening to this at home and heard the disc jockey pop in, I'd be furious. But, why? here's a question. Why do you take calls at 12.57? Yeah. And you go, question or answer, they go, question. It's never going to get answered, I know, ever. I know, I don't know why I do that. Right. I, I mean, I, I, I think it, it's, you never know. We have had it in the past. Sometimes Sheila Fogarty answers it. Well, then that should be the, the whole point then. And then if Sheila doesn't, uh, How she are you going to know whether or not we got you an answer or not? Because I listen. Yeah. Oh, mate. Oh, man, you guys. lovely. Oh, you guys. <laughs> I just say, I've never been in here before, ever, and I know they'll never let me in again. I, well, I've, it's probably me that's going to get into trouble, not you. Anyway, it, can you help Chris in Leeds? Chris in Leeds needs to know whether or not, or why, Green Sleeves is the tune of choice for so many ice cream vans. What are today's questions? Throw them at me, and if I can help, I will answer them. How do they name roads and avenues and streets? Who decides what's, what it's going to be? Okay. Go on. Don't know. Okay. Um, I think we've done all the others. Oh, and why does why doesn't why don't we wake ourselves up with our own snoring? Oh, and I've woken myself up with my own snoring, yeah, but not as often as you would expect. I still have done it. Yeah, I know, but why doesn't it happen more? I've, this is like because I you're asleep. Duh. Yeah, but mystery that... hour or divvy hour. <laughs> On that bombshell, I'll leave you to it. <laughs> Thank you but very goodbye, much. listeners. Chris and Lee's yeah, there. Radio X the No, 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 no. Get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. You know we both get the same bus into town, so the, the, the one that Nick does. Twenty-seven minutes I mean, after. Twenty-seven minutes after twelve is the time. Chris Moyles, radio disruptor, um, joining in on mystery hour. If you know the answer to his question, we will be interested in hearing it. Rich is in Almeria in Spain. Rich, quick, bring back the grown-ups. Hello, James. It's Mike, actually, not Rich. How, well, where do we get Rich Mike. from? What's going on? God knows. Do you God live knows. with a Rich? Do you know anyone called Rich? No, you're the only Rich person I know. <laughs> where do we get Mike? Filthy Rich. I do apologise, Mike, for calling you Rich. What's That's your question? Okay. Question or answer? 
Uh, it's a question, James. Yeah. Um, how much? How much does electricity weigh? On the assumption that it does weigh something. How do you mean? I mean, how well, much how electricity? Much is, well, electricity in general. I mean, if you accumulate it enough, it, there must be a weight to it. I mean, I don't expect my mobile phone to be heavier just because it's charged as opposed to flat. Ah, okay. Um, I mean, it probably it, is slightly have, heavier in some. It must be, mustn't it? In some way. Well, I, I, I'm assuming it, it it does, and that's why I'm asking: how much does it weigh? I mean, if you had a battery yeah, but no, you, uh, of the house, yeah. Per, could, oh, so you could have it per, per per volume, couldn't you? So it weighs X micrograms per. Well, no, I don't know per storage. What's that going on in the background? That's a dog barking. Oh. I'm sitting on the terrace at the moment oh. in the sunshine. Yeah, all right, mate. Don't rub it in. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and find out for you. I get the question, and I think it must have an answer. There must be some sort because it, it, if it's charged up and it's not charged up then there must be some sort of difference in weight because there's, there's something there p- g- g- electrical energy energy i don't know i'm not very clever i'll try and ask someone who is so shame professor Howell's already had his um had his go today oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three if you know the answer to mike's question are we going to have a steward's inquiry into how the hell he ended up being called rich on the program i blame chris moyles he's been disrupting just about every aspect of the program helen is in sheffield hello helen question or answer it's a question james please carry on I'd like to know, why is it that certain perfumes and aftershaves smell different from different people? There are a number of reasons for this. Um, key among them would be temperature, body temperature, but also your own scent. You, you know, everybody has a different smell. So it's a combination of, of, a, of an external scent with your, what you might call your inherent scent. So it's bound to smell slightly differently from person to person. Also, there are differences in, you know when you were taught to rub your wrists together and, and to do that to kind of activate the perfume i i don't i put it on cotton wool and stick it in my bra well i I mean every day is an education isn't it (laughs) and and does that and you find that that creates a more what am i looking for here to last longer i never put it on my wrist never put it on pulse points but i was myself my mum and my sister um, okay which is Uh, it we all wear the same perfume sorry and I was walking past someone and someone said, I can smell fly spray. <laughs> and fly- I was wearing it. Fly spray? <laughs> oh, that's just rude. What 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 perfume do you wear? Uh, I, I wear all sorts after that one. That one in the bin, that was Obsession. I quite like Obsession. But it actually did. It, it, when I actually started trying to smell it more, it, it went into fly spray smell on me. But did you have it in your bra? Or were you wearing yeah. it in a more conventional sense? Um... No, because because there's going to be some sort of reaction with the cotton wool. The cotton it will smell different on cotton wool to how it would smell on your skin. That's actually the answer. Well, and it smelled completely different. Yes, because she's not you. She's got different natural aromas and different body temperatures, and everything mixes up to create that. that, I mean, it is simply think of it as as one plus one, but it doesn't equal. No, don't think of it as one plus one. Think of it as two separate constituents. The perfume is constant. That's the same until you add it to the other constituent, which is the wearer, and every wearer is different, so all perfumes will smell slightly different on different people. Right, OK. Don't sound sceptical like that, Helen. <laughs> Ask me what my qualifications are. Oh, James, what are your qualifications? Well, funnily enough, I, I used to work in perfume um, at Beatty's in Worcester. I was the, the uh, concession holder for Lancaster Fragrances for a few Christmases, so I specialised chiefly in dupe 
exclamation mark, and Davidoff's Cool Water. But often on lunch breaks and things like that, I would step across into the ladies' fragrances department and I would help people purchase those as well. And I went on a couple of courses, actually, Helen, where it was taught to me that the variables in how fragrances react differently to different wearers include body temperature and your own sort of inherent aromas. And that's why you're a radio broadcaster and I'm not. Well, no, because, I, because I was rubbish. I don't get a Rayleigh Otter for that, <laughs> but I'll give myself a round of applause. Helen, you take care. I, 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 should, I should might clip that out because I, I'd like to let people guess what the question was. I, I stick it on we put it on cotton wool and stick it in my bra. It's twelve thirty-two. Lisa Aziz is here now with the headlines. Twelve thirty-six is the time you're listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Questions that need answers. Who names the roads? It's a good question. That. It was Debbie, wasn't it? Who wanted to know how come that's an avenue and that's a road and that's a walk and that's a, that's a I don't know, a boulevard or a promenade. Um, who does that? I'm pretty sure it's got to be linked to the council in, for, for new roads, but historically, well, we'll find out. Um, how much does electricity weigh? That's one of those lovely questions that could be genius or it could be quite incredibly dopey. We'll find out. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. And of course, for Chris in Leeds, why is Greensleeve such a popular tune for ice cream vans i got a mate who's an ice cream man hello enzo i'll see you well i probably won't see you later i always track the seasons by whether or not enzo's parked outside my daughter's school flogging his ice creams <laughs> and it's quite nice when you make a connection with people so we've got a mutual friend tony who's a hairdresser um arthur razor over in acton so mrs o'brien dropped her credit card next to enzo's ice cream van enzo picked it up phoned tony at arthur razor in acton the hairdresser the brilliant barbers where i go and tony phoned me so that's like the bush telegraph of West London, <laughs> the ice cream hairdresser gob on a stick community com- combining to create safety and happiness for my wife. 12.38 is the time. Um, Steve's in Whitechapel. Steve, question or answer? Something, uh, James. Sorry, I'm in Whitechapel. Uh, answer. What's going on? What's going on today? Why, why have we got Whitechapel? <laughs> Last bloke was called Mike, not Rich. You're not in. Where are you? Does that mean you are Steve, though? I am Steve. Yeah, Carry on, Steve. Go on, mate. Uh, it's an answer, James. Yes. Um, street names. Yes. Um, it, it is historical. Um, so the, the obviously not new, newer names, but the historically older streets, uh, roads, avenues, would all come from what was originally there. So Mews is a classic one. Mews would have been the stables, the street and the stables were that were backing onto the big houses, so invariably... Did she ask you, about... Because I know that. I know she that, did. Yeah. Uh, did she specifically... Oh, I missed that. I could have shown off. And uh, you've got the you've got the kudos for that one. So, yeah... Well, green, I, I, green's that one, she said. Now, a green... Would again, be green. there would have been a green there. Yeah. And the reason why a lot, lot of these areas um, in London would have had a green, it served a purpose. It was where the compter was. It was where the watchman was. That was where they would lock drunks away for the night. Um, and also some petty criminals... Like and also, uh, yeah. my expert is up in Club, uh, Islington. Oh, yeah. Islington Green. They would have, um, so Upper Street, which runs through Islington, would have been one of the main roads that leads down to Smithfield. So, like, the drovers would come through. If they lost any of their animals on the way, they would be kept on the green. Oh, blimey. For when he returned, and he would pick up these stray animals. Oh, lovely, lovely, lovely answer. Qualifications? Uh, I'm a taxi tour guide, I'm a clerk and all Islington guide, and a London historian. Good man. Have you got a website? Yes. Go on. Uh, com. Oh, that's great. I love it. I'm, I'm going to give you a round of applause, but we haven't closed the question down, because I want to know, if I build a housing estate tomorrow, who, who names those roads? Yeah, well, then, city councils intend to... They'll try and get some link to the area. But, yeah, of course. But in terms of calling it a walk, a walk would have... It was only the Georgians that brought any street names in. Was they? it? 
Well, yeah, yeah I, I mean, mean before that, you'd have signifiers. I'm, I'll tell you where I was yesterday. See, see how good you are on the knowledge. Cockpit steps. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go on. Okay. Where? Well, it's not a road. It's only steps. So I don't know if you would know it. If I said, "Can you drop me off at cockpit steps?" It's 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 just, it's just a little staircase down by um. Oh, flipping act now! Come on. If, you, if I walk from Leicester Square to Victoria, we're really bringing in the Welsh listeners with this one, Steve. I tell you, this is going to be going. This is going to be going down a storm in Leith. Um, the, the big, what's the big part, the big part, what's the big part, is it St, what's the big part where the Pelicans? St. James. St. James's Park, it's just the other side of St. James's Park, cockpit steps, up the stairs, and there's a pub at the top of the steps called the Two Chairman. Bing, bang, bong, round of applause for Steve. And the reason I mention it is, now here is the mark of a brilliant writer, okay, Robert Galbraith, which is the nom de plume that J.K. Rowling uses for her Cormoran Strike novels that you, you probably have heard of or you may have seen on the telly. So I'm reading the new one, which is called Lethal White, I'm reading the new Cormoran Strike novel, and yesterday... I had to go to my publishers. So yesterday I'm walking to Victoria, where my publishers is, and I notice that I'm walking up cockpit steps, and I had been reading about it the previous night in the new Cormoran Strike novel, and this is a mark of what an amazing writer she is. Because even if I'd never heard of Harry Potter, Robert Galbraith's books would now be among my all-time favourites. I walked past the two chairman, which is a pub that Cormoran Strike often drinks in, and she described the sign on it, and... Uh, do you say she or he? I don't know. But anyway... Um, and I actually, for a minute, thought, oh, I'll just put my head around the door and see if Cormoran Strike's in there. It's a fictional character! That's how fully created he is in my mind as I'm halfway through the book that I actually thought to myself, oh, I might just go and see if he's in there. You absolute prune. He's not real. Honestly. I digress. Good work from Steve. Uh, Tommy's in Westminster. Tommy, question or answer? Hi, James. It's an answer. I rang, ab I rang about the uh, ice cream one, but the electricity one makes me sound cooler, so I'm torn. No, you've got to do the ice cream one. You're not allowed to change your mind live on air. Oh, okay. Don't worry. Um, it's, it's licensing. It's, whenever it's songs, it's always licensing. Greensleeves is in the public domain, so nobody had to charge no royalties, anybody No royalties, no public it. performance fees. I mean, theoretically, if, if Chris in Leeds was here, he might say, well, there's lots and lots of other things there, but you wouldn't want Beethoven's Fifth banging out of your ice cream van, would you? Well, there you go. And, and it's also quite a cheerful not... tune. It's a cheerful tune and it's free. Well, blue passports and all that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, there it is. It's just, it's just licensing. Qualifications? Charge the people. Uh, I'm an autistic savant, James. But how do you know this? I've encyclopedic knowledge about various <laughs> subject areas. <laughs> Music is one of them. I don't know if I can accept that as an answer. <laughs> well, you put me up against a professor a bunch of times, <laughs> and we've never disagreed yet. Go on, then. <laughs> Round of applause for Thomas. 12.43 is the time. Ah, we've got another professor. We haven't heard from Professor Martin for a while. Professor Martin is a professor of robotics at Middlesex University. Question or answer, Professor Martin? It's an answer. Carry on. Uh, to the, does electricity weigh anything? Yes. The answer is no. Really? Um, although electrons weigh a uh, thing, weigh, have a mass, I can't remember what it is, very, very, very tiny, if you apply <clears throat> a voltage to a wire... And some electrons will go in one end and some electrons will come out the other end, but the wire won't get any heavier. Similarly, if you charge a capacitor, it doesn't get any heavier. A battery is a little bit more difficult because what you're doing is, is they're not so much storing electricity as creating a chemical reaction. Right. 
Um, and that, ah, uh, so the chemicals will have a mass that decreases as the reaction unfolds. Well, the, the mass will stay constant. Will uh, you will get... Um, There'll be a bit of exothermic reaction, might see a little reduction in mass. Ooh, <laughs> it's going to be so... Yeah, but I just said exothermic, so we're all cool. Okay. Um, So, uh, when would an electron get introduced? I don't know much about this, as you've probably already gathered. When I charge up my phone, there's no... I'm not introducing electrons to my phone. You're you're not really. You're changing the chemical uh, construction of your battery. So So electricity doesn't weigh anything? That's right. Round of applause. Thank you. No, thank you. I need to offer an apology as well. I, I, I misspoke when... It's because Chris Moores makes me nervous. I got quite starstruck. That's what it is. Um, it, it, apparently, it's one of those urban myths that Henry VIII wrote, Greensleeve, for Anne Boleyn. I, I genuinely thought that was true, but I've been sent a couple of corrections saying that it is a, a well-known misconception. It's Italian in style of composition and did not reach England until after Henry's death, making it more likely to be Elizabethan in origin. So now you know. Uh, Catherine is in Croxley Green. Catherine, question or answer? Um, I've got a question. Carry on. Um, I would like to know why, uh, when I'm watching the television, if I need to pop to the loo, I can pause it. You can. If I don't understand something in a complicated drama, I can rewind it. Yes. Why can't I do that with my radio? You can. How? Well, you can't do it with your radio. Yeah. But that's the same way that you couldn't do it with with with, with your old TV. Could you? But, but why? But why? Why can't? Why isn't it possible to do that as easily as easily as with a television? It, it is. Uh, what, what radio do I need to be able to do that? Uh, the, the the pure the bug. I have to be careful here. Do we have any? Are we flogging? Do we have any interest in radio companies? I don't. I don't want to promote a rival. But I mean, if you Google pause radio or something like that, you can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course you can. But what? What if I'm in my car and I miss something and I want to... That's a little harder. A mate of mine's got a Lexus that he's got a radio in his Lexus that you can rewind and pause. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. No, nor did I until relatively recently. It's quite new technology. It's only because it has to be digital. You wouldn't be able to do it. So you need a digital... Yeah, I understand that. And everyone's got, like, these DAB radios and things in their cars. But there's no rewind button and there's no rewind button on a regular DAB radio. Uh, no, there isn't yet, but I, I imagine there will be. It depends on demand. I, I mean, uh, what you've got to remember is not every radio programme is like this one. You don't often yeah. get radio presenters who people think, oh, my God, he's so good, I'm going to listen to that again. And then they press yeah. rewind and then <laughs> listen to it yeah, again. you know, but it's also if you miss, oh, who was that song by? I like that. And yes. you miss it, and you think, well, it would be nice just to be able to re- rewind that a yes. second and hear that again. No, so you can, and, and, and of course, don't, 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 don't forget you can do it on on-demand anyway, or on websites. They'll have pause and rewind. It's, 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 there's lots of radio programs that are, you, you could still do now just by listening to them on your computer. Can you rewind on, if I'm listening to this, let's say, on my iPad or something, I can rewind it, can I? I don't know. Oh. Sorry. I, I mean, I've given you a fairly good answer. I'm not, I'm not like the citizen. So the technology is on its way to the mainstream. Yeah, it not must just be. Nexus yeah, right. oh, yeah, okay. yeah, it must be. And, and, and a good thing too, actually, because particularly podcasts and stuff like that now becoming so popular. Radio, digital audio is becoming, um, uh, ever more popular, oddly. Catherine, great stuff. Round of applause for me. It's 12.47. Coming up... Why don't we wake ourselves up with our own snoring much, much more often than we actually do? Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. How do streets get their names? Oh three four five six oh six oh 
973. And I think that's it, isn't it? You might have a, an, an expansion on the green sleeves answer. I suggested that it's... Um, uh, where is it? Someone had something clever to say about why ice cream vans use use green sleeves, about the, the key that it's written in and the, and the catchiness. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, Chris Moores, of course, wanted an answer to that question, and he poo-pooed the question about snoring. I, I don't think fairly. I, I think, you know, if you do snore very loudly, it is surprising. It is indeed a mystery why you don't wake yourself up more often. 0345 973 Peter is in Motherwell. Peter, question or answer? It's an answer, James. Carry on, Peter. How are you doing, James? I'm pretty uh, good, mate. Thank you. Uh, it's an answer for the local street names. Oh, yes. Um, uh, I believe it's a local council, local councillor. Yeah, when, um, there's a, when there's a new road or something like a that. a new road. It's a, whoever's a councillor in that area uh, gets the privilege to name that street. What, the individual councillor gets the privilege of naming the street? Yep. No. Nah. Because um, my, my father was a councillor. And he's actually, he was actually the person that named the, the, the house, I, see the, the house I, I live in. So the street you live on now was named by your dad when he was a local councillor? Yep. What's it called? Uh, Jenny Lee Drive. Jenny Lee? Mm-hmm. Who's, Jen, was, who's Jenny Lee? Jen, Jenny Lee was a, a Labour MP in the 1940s. I think she was one of the first women MPs. And Labour so they've MPs. commemorate. You, you, so your dad was a Labour councillor and he wanted to commemorate yep. a... a, a well, that's fascinating. I mean, it's obviously true in your specific case, but I can't imagine it's true up and down the country. Otherwise, what sort of a, what sort of what sort of a plonker would call it? Sort of, you know, a Casey Avenue or something like that. Well, I think I think in one of the areas in Scotland, they let the public name it as well. One of the that's how you end up with Boaty McBoatface, though. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You need to be very careful. <laughs> you should only I trust them with the silly stuff like Brexit referendums. <laughs> Still get started, <laughs> no, I won't. I'll get finished. <laughs> Round of applause for Peter. I love that. That's a lovely answer. And right. whoa, wrong button. Round of applause for Peter. <laughs> Thanks, James. <laughs> Cheers, mate. There you go. Take, take care. And Bye. you, mate. There you go. Yeah. Oh wow, we got something's gone wrong with our buttons. Don't worry, we, it's all cool. Uh, Melissa, it's probably Moyles again, is it? Has he come? Has he, has he been sabotaging our production desk? Melissa is in Edinburgh. Can we put that on hold for Peter? He's owed a round of applause. Staying in Scotland. Question or answer, Melissa? Question, please, James. Carry on. Do, does um, sign language have rhyming words and, like, rhyming gestures? How, how would it? Well, sure. It did, I mean, so my original question was actually, do, do people that are born deaf understand the sound of rhyme? But I wasn't allowed to have that question before, so um, that was an offshoot. Right. Do they have rhyming words? Do they understand You must, you have rhyme? a voice, even if you're deaf, you have a voice in your head, I would have thought, when you read. But would you not? How would you? How do they get that voice in their head? I don't know, but this isn't really. I mean, yes, I can see why you were discouraged from asking the original question. It's too big, isn't it? And if someone was born profoundly deaf, their experience is going to be different from someone who's lost their hearing over a period of time. So, if you were born profoundly deaf, there's a problem with your question in that nobody profoundly deaf is going to be listening to be able to answer it. Well, surely some people have done research into that sort of thing. How? I, I don't know. No. Clever people, much yeah. more clever than me. No, well, that, that's the point. They're probably not. It's not a question of cleverness. You can't. I don't know how you do research into what profoundly deaf people do without asking them questions. You could answer the questions in writing, but then that that in a way answers your question for you. Rhyming as a concept is an audio phenomenon. I, I mean, I'll read out the question: Does sign language have rhyming words and sounds? And I'll, I'll resist the urge to say that's a really silly question, and I'll see if anyone can answer it on 03456060973. Um, 
What are we doing now? I've got, I've got, I can squeeze in a couple. Oh, Peter, are you still there? Yep. I've got yep. you. Th- I got this for you, mate. We found one in the bottom right. drawer. There you go. James, can, can I just say as well? Yeah. Uh, got named after my dad, so a street got named after done. your dad as well. And that's the local councillor named that after my dad. And that was so one of his former colleagues and mates who decided to name yep. a street after yep. him. So what's yep, that street called? Hoys Drive. Say again. Hoys Drive. Hoys Drive, and that's in Motherwell. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, I love that. It's one of my favourite answers ever because it's so personal. It's almost really off the territory, but I don't think it's true across the whole piece. I think if I built a housing estate tomorrow and I wanted to have Sheila Fogarty Crescent, I think I'd have to clear it with the council, but I wouldn't necessarily have to give them the right to name it. I don't know. Jake's in Tavistock. Jake, question or answer? It's a question, please. Uh, this is like what Chris Moyles was talking about. Why I've been t- afforded the Chris Moyles slot, this is, uh, Yeah, don't, let's not ever use the phrase Chris Moyles' slot ever again. <laughs> uh, I, it is Chris 12, from Leeds slot. It is, Chris from Leeds slot. It is exactly 12.57, and you have come on oh. to ask a question in the knowledge that the likelihood of getting an answer is pretty much nil, but let's see how we get on. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a team player. <laughs> Good man. Um, sea level yeah. is uh, often given as an exact number for things such as mountains and yes. the like. Yes. Um, but if you, if you go to any of the beautiful beaches in uh, Devon, you'll see that sea level varies wildly at times. Yes. So the question is, uh, is sea level taken from low tide, high tide, an average? It's a good question. I reckon you could get an answer. We've got a minute and 15 seconds. Is, is sea level calculated from high, high tide or low tide? Where is sea level calculated from? Okay, yeah. go. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three. Nice one, Jake. George is in Harrow. George, a question or answer? A sort of an answer to the death thing. Really? Death go on question. then. Yes. Well, I tell you why. Because I used to talk to deaf people a lot oh. um, a couple of years ago. Yes. <clears throat> I was involved in the local deaf club. Okay, cool. A lot of deaf people um, have a very low reading age. Right. Because they don't learn the sounds. They never understand the sounds oh, gosh. of words and letters. Yes. So a lot of people, this is why it was so important to bring British Sign Language in in councils and in the and the government. I think one of the Brent MP bought it in, didn't she? Because people who are profoundly deaf from birth learn sign language. That is their first language. Yes. And um, when I was talking to a woman who was, had relatives who were deaf, that's why we were at the group... She said a lot of deaf people, profoundly deaf, have a, a reading age of sort of 11. Because oh, they okay. never understand that a T sounds like a T. Yes. Because they just can't hear it. It's a, it's, I mean, it is an utterly <clears throat> alien concept. Exactly. And this is why it's so important that we use British Sign Language and not subtitles. Because a lot of deaf people oh. have problems reading the subtitles. But well, they you live and learn. So well, it was, in, in a way, it was a rubbish question, but it came out with quite a good answer. Well, because if they can't hear the, the, the rhyme... Then how are you ever going to have a concept of what rhyme know. is? They don't know a T sounds like a T. I've got to go. I've got to go, Georgia. Round of applause. Thank you. No, thank you. Did we get a C-level answer? Anyone have a crack at what? Oh, so, well, this is in the spirit of Chris Moyles. I, sh- I said Sheila Fogarty sometimes knows the answer. I haven't Googled it, so I don't know the answer. Right, and on that bombshell. <laughs> Can we have a champagne reception at my street naming? At, what, my at, sh- at Sheila naming. Fogarty Crescent? Yes, that's I thinking nice. more dandelion and burdock. <laughs> okay. Vimto. Yes, exactly that. (laughs) Thank you very much, James.